right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Core Issues. I'm Mason Goodnight, your host, where we are going to discuss issues that touch everybody and how those issues touch the gospel of Jesus Christ, or how the gospel of Jesus Christ touches those issues. Sorry for getting that backwards. Anyway, welcome to the show. This one is going to be kind of a uh, going back to look at the vaccine issues I covered earlier, but touching on another angle, another look, because a dear brother in Christ friend of mine who I dearly respect and appreciate uh, called me up to ask some questions about um, the vaccines coming out about COVID-19. And, you know, we looked at a bunch of those. I won't, I won't rehash those. I'll let you go back and look at that episode if you'd like to, to see all the websites I pulled up to look at all those. I will just simply say here that um, really briefly that every one of the major COVID-19 vaccines that are being developed are being developed using the fetal cell lines of murdered babies um, several years ago, but yet no doubt still through the uh, murder of Preborn image bearers of God, that is how these vaccines are being produced. So there's no way to avoid that or get around that. But we're going to talk about tonight details about specifically how I believe partaking of those vaccines is sin. And uh, that was something the brothers have been struggling with, not fighting with me in any way, shape, or form, just challenging me to think on this and him working through it as well. And it did make me, and it drove me where it should drive me, to the Word. And uh, that's where we should all be, getting our guidance, getting our insight from the Word of God. And that's what I was uh, getting this at. That's where I was getting these answers from. And uh, you can see with me, if, see if this uh, seems to fit what the Bible is saying here tonight as we go over the Scriptures to deal with that. Because the Scriptures are the most important thing. They're the, our foundation as Christians of how we are to walk in this life, of how we are to make decisions to glorify God in everything that we do. And just like I said, and I say every time, these issues affect how it is we see the world and how the gospel touches on these issues. These issues affect everybody. The COVID-19 vaccine is not just an issue for Christians. It is obviously an issue for all kinds of people. In fact, the last episode you remember seeing, um, there statistically, some people are saying up to 30% of people are saying they are not going to take this COVID-19 vaccine. Now, that number, I believe, amongst Christians should be 100%, but with uh, folks here, but that's 30% of anybody seems to be uh, not willing to take the vaccine. So that's a pretty big number. That's a big hit. And that's because not just because of the aborted babies. And in fact, with many, it's probably not even a concern. Um, definitely should be with, with Christians. But with many, it's just the concern that this has been rushed to market. Most vaccines take a long time, years to develop and get ready. And this seems to be uh, coming together too fast, which, of course, breeds more thoughts of conspiracy theory and things like that, which, you know, if you study it up, doesn't seem too far-fetched. But uh, even if it hasn't been being worked on, it is being rushed this fast, then it's kind of scary how fast it's being pushed through. And so there's lots of reasons people are concerned. So this issue does touch everybody. It's an issue that touches everyone around the world. But how does the gospel touch on this issue? Well, the gospel touches on this issue because the gospel deals with sin. And the issue is, is partaking in the COVID-19 vaccine sin? There's no doubt that sin was involved in the producing of this vaccine. Uh, no Christian should argue that if they know anything about it. We'll go over it real briefly again. But like I said, you can get in depth with it on a previous episode on vaccines that I did. But this one uh, is the issue of 
can it be sin for a Christian to even take this vaccine? And I believe it is. And I'm going to point to scripture here has been driven, like I said, by my friend to go to the word and be um, thorough with this. And I could go a lot deeper, I think even, but I think what we'll cover tonight will be sufficient. But I want people to see the issue because the gospel touches on sin. And like I've said, and I always get the gospel in here because we should, because the gospel is God's power for salvation. It's what we need. That's what everybody needs. If you're a Christian here, you are here as a Christian because of the gospel. And if you're watching this or someone tuned you into this, you need the gospel, my friend. If you do not have the saving gospel of Jesus Christ as the center of your life, you need it. You need to know that Jesus Christ lived the perfect life that you surely don't. He lived the perfect life that I surely didn't. He's the only perfect person, the only one who's ever lived the perfect life. He is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world, as John the Baptist proclaimed, the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. He's the good shepherd who lays his life down for the sheep. And my friends, if you've ever lied, stolen, hated, lusted, been greedy, disobeyed your parents, disobeyed law and authority, made an idol of anything, failed to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, all these things that all of us have done, and do daily often, any of those sins and all the many more that you can't even begin to count up. They put you in enmity with God. They've made you in a position where the wrath of God abides on you. And if you die in your sins, you will spend an eternity in hellfire because of your sin against God. A holy, perfect, eternal God. Your sins are against that eternal God and therefore you will suffer the wrath of that eternal God for those sins against him. If you do not repent and trust in him. And that's my hope for you. That's my hope for every Christian watching this is that you would know the power of salvation available in Jesus Christ. So I'm pleading with you friends right now, shortly here at the beginning of this podcast, be reconciled to God because that's our job as Christians. We come, the apostle Paul said it, we're ambassadors pleading with you as though God were pleading with you himself. Be reconciled to God. That's my pleading with you at the beginning of this. Above all everything else, my friends, I want you to be reconciled to God. If you don't get anywhere through this podcast other than this, please hear my call to you. I love you. I want you to be saved. I want you to have everlasting life. I don't want you to die in sin and go to hell. So turn to Christ. Have all your sins washed away. He'll give you everlasting life that begins today. Not just in the sweet by and by, not just when you breathe your last or your heart stops beating, but right now you will pass from death to life. You will go from being dead in your trespasses and sins and enmity with God with a heart of stone that if by God's grace you hear his call, you hear the shepherd call you tonight, today, whenever it is you're watching this or hearing this on the podcast, he will pull out that heart of stone and put into your chest a heart of flesh that desires to do his will. That's my hope. That's the hope of every Christian hearing this or sharing this with you. And above all, is that you be saved. So that's my hope for you, no matter where you come down on the vaccine thing, that you know Jesus Christ and the power of his salvation, because that's the big thing. That's how we deal with sin, all sin. So let's get into the podcast. Just another quick shout out as we do each show, just so you know where this is going. If you want to share this with people, um, Anchor FM <clears throat> is the website that hosts this podcast and i am so blessed by this company i mean they don't charge you anything to do this so i'm happy to give big shout outs to anchor every time uh, if you look down here bottom of the screen you see breaker google podcasts overcast they just added overcast to me i think i just got put on overcast today or something pocket casts radio public and spotify so i mean look at that and then i've got my own rss feed i don't even know how to access an rss feed i haven't even looked into deep enough to do that myself but look you can one two three four five six places in an rss feed i don't pay a dime for that 
and Anchor lets me publish these, put these on here, and it has been a true blessing. So if you'd like to, uh, if you're watching this show through my Facebook live stream, or you are picking this up as a podcast, I just want to again, again give a shout out to Anchor FM, so you can pick it up here, or in, in many of the places where they, I just said that are now putting this out on the Core Issues podcast. They do all the work for me. It is a very, very big blessing. I'm very thankful to them for that. And of course, if you want to know, that's not the one I was looking for. If you want to know more about uh, Core Ministries, this is our web web page here. Core Ministries is the website. This is the ministry that Core Issues is a ministry of. It's called Core Ministries. You see, Community Outreach Evangelism Ministries is what we're called because we have several ministries. And if you want to check those out, go to repentanceandbelief.com. And you can see over here on the side, you see all these different ministries and information pages, whether it be about abortion abolitionism, let it be the conference that we host every year, two years in a row now we've done, and Lord willing, we'll keep at um, video I made on evangelism, never fails, encouraging people in evangelism, updates, um, good person tests, prayed ministry, college outreach, street open air preaching, door-to-door stuff, prayer, all these things, lots of issues, and here's the blog, the paper, as it were, or more the internet blog, the written blog that I don't have much on, but I was doing before, doing the Core Issues podcast, as well as several links to some good ministries, our statement of faith. You can check that out. Again, head to repentanceandbelief.com to check out Core Ministries webpage, seeing what we are all about overall there and join with us if you have the opportunity whether you are in the southern oregon area the oregon period is where we kind of operate but sometimes we're around the country we've been different places like i've kind of taken part through um going out to oklahoma i've been in different ministry places all over different states I've even taught in uh, mexico on evangelism so uh we'll, we're out and about but mostly you'll find us in oregon and i would love to have you join with us if you're a christian and want to see god's gospel go out to the world so anyway again that is core ministries and that is the hosting ministry this is one more ministry of core ministries the core issues podcast so i talked about the vaccine issues talked about them obviously having some people dealing with sin in them and in case you if in case you just never even heard this and you just don't even know other than what I just briefly said I encourage you to look up the web pages to go check them out on our previous podcast so you can see them on there and just watch I will go through it in depth because I don't want to rehash all the issues I'm just going to say really briefly it is without a doubt true that every major COVID-19 vaccine being worked on to be produced here in the United States and around the world. But for um, if you've heard of President Trump's Project Warp Speed, which is the, which is the uh, what do you call it? It is the program that he is working on to uh, bring the um, COVID-19 vaccine into production as quickly as possible. That is the, uh, the uh, program that the government is doing. And they're putting out roughly about $2 billion to these companies. These companies to bring about a vaccine and every one of them doing it on the resources of dead babies murdered for in the process of abortion and murdered by their mothers willfully and they're using those dead babies for decades now their cell lines reproducing them and reproducing them to make vaccines with not all vaccines not all vaccines are made with them but uh, this one, these ones, the big four in the U.S. definitely are, and there's ten total, and I think all ten are actually using those um, using aborted fetal cell lines. Now, 
It's it's gross even to think about it. I mean, it really is. It's Nazi esque, Mengele esque, and when I say Mengele, Mengele is Joseph Mengele, the doctor who was uh, the the infamous Nazi doctor who who uh, experimented on Jewish prisoners to see the some limits of human resources and things, wicked things you do to advance science, treating them as inhuman like lab rats, the wickedness that was, and that's what we're seeing here. Preborn image bearers of God slaughtered, and if you read up on these um, cell lines they're using, some were cultivated out of their eyeballs, some cultivated out of uh, kidneys and different parts of their bodies, but needless to say, they cannibalize these dead babies that have been murdered at the whims of their mothers. And if you study about, um, I said I wasn't going to get too deep, but it's just horrendous and shocking to even think about. But I mean, many of the women who do, even the, the Planned Parenthood videos you've seen recently, people sometimes wonder, well, well, that was those things were decades ago. So I mean, why are you getting so close? I'm going to touch on that briefly, but if you're that callous, but let's, let me just tell you, it's happening right now. You've all seen the Planned Parenthood videos, the selling baby parts videos on Planned Parenthood. Those are obviously showing that they are still using fetal tissue, fetal remains, which is murdered babies, to do uh, scientific research. It's going on today, friends. It's being used for all types of medical things, including vaccines. So don't think for a minute that just because it isn't using cell lime from a, a baby that was killed last week, that it's not being still done and there's not furthering um, fetal research because of that. But like I said, I wasn't going to get into too many details on that. Just know that it is definitely the vaccines that are taken. And you can talk to people and you can read different articles, but you can hear directly from doctors, although it's very small and they will try to make all kinds of excuses about it. The There is fragmentary pieces of DNA, very, very small, admittedly, but there must be because it came from those original cell lines. You have particles of those dead babies in every vaccine that is taken. Very, very small particles. Don't get me wrong. They will tell it's totally insignificant, they will say. And there's argument from sources whether it's insignificant or not and possible medical issues that could come up. But there is no argument. There is no denial. There is nothing uh, that anybody's denying about the uh, reality that those those uh, babies' parts are... Uh, are in there, whether they are of any um, immediate danger value or not, they're definitely there. And that's just sick. And so I just want to go real quick to what my friend, because I want to lay the, the background to what he was talking about. Um, some people that were, were in my previous video were trying to argue uh, when I chatted with them later or chatted in different places, trying to argue because it was so distant from those babies being murdered that somehow that made it okay. That like it's okay because those are cell lines and it's not the same as you know a baby being killed today. And my friend saw right through that and he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Not I, I mean, praise God, he saw that. I mean, I see it doesn't matter whether it's a baby that was murdered 30, 40 years ago and we're replicating their cell lines, keeping them quote unquote alive, their cell line alive in perpetuity so that we can study these and make these vaccines and do all kinds of other medical research. But it could be as, as, as much as that being done, the issue is it was a murder that took place to bring that about. And you see, friends, that's the problem because our nation and this world has determined that the murder of the preborn isn't a crime. Murder of the preborn isn't anything to be compared with murder of anybody else. If you thought that it was a, um, a murdered uh, two-year-old, that was being used, their body parts still, to do this from so many years ago, it would be more offensive to you. You still might not even matter, sadly, but it would mean more. But the issue is is that 
a murder took place to bring about this medical and this uh, beneficial resource for you to be helped with. So it doesn't really matter quantity. It doesn't matter time away from. And my friend recognized this and wasn't arguing this. And so I just lay the groundwork here. Even in men's courts, there is no statute of limitation for murder. Okay. It's no, definitely no statute of limitations with God on murder and what you can do with that murdered child and perpetuating their cell line so that you can keep benefiting from them medically in research areas. That's a complete wickedness. And I think most Christians just admit that the, that the people using it for that is wicked. And if you have a problem with that, I mean, that's a whole other show I'd have to do, but I, I'm taking for granted that you believe that that is wicked, but don't let the time and distance away make it any um, lesser to you because really it, like my friends when we were talking about it, it wouldn't matter whether it was the baby being literally blood sucked out of him in the next room just having been aborted and then shot through a tube through a wall and then into your arm to heal you of the COVID-19 virus or of whatever else it may be it doesn't matter distance away it doesn't matter um, quantity of of resources used it doesn't matter how much of their blood was needed or how much uh, cells were needed how much fragmentation there's been it matters the quality of it matters the substance the source from which it comes it comes from a unwillingly murdered baby now willingly of the mother that makes it even worse that they willfully and that's what i'm saying if you look at some of these you listen to some of the testimonies of the people um talking about the um vaccines the um, harvesting of baby murdered baby parts in abortion here in Planned Parenthood videos and stuff like that people talk about oh well yeah they've actually even tried to kill the baby certain ways without crushing certain organs and things so that they could be used to experiment on they would if and they would talk about and if we got the consent of the mother to do that well then we didn't have any problem with how to deal with the fetal remains they have to call it fetal remains because they want to try to keep it away from your mind to remember that they're murdering babies and they're tearing apart and slaughtering image bears in the wombs for scientific research and the mothers are approving it and signing off on it so they feel extra special uh, blessed to be able to do it because mothers say it's okay the issue is like my friend was saying is it is it sin if i admit that it is wicked it is wrong for abortion period and i have nothing to do with the abortions and i have nothing to do with cultivating the vaccine um, and I just am a beneficiary of it, meaning I get the vaccine. Even though I don't want it, I would rather have something else, but they're telling me I must have it so that I can do my job, so that I can you know, take part in commerce and those things. Is it, if that's, if I'm that separated from it, can I, is it still sin for me to take part in it? And he says, I, I grant that people can have a different conscience uh, discussion. Like if we are pricked in the conscience of something that is sin, you know, the Bible says, well, if your conscience convicts you of sin, it's sin. But there are certain things that are, are sin for others that aren't for others. We know that. Um, scripture makes that clear. However, there are certain things that are sin for everybody. Does this fall into, is it sin for everybody? And we'll go into scripture to see if I believe it shows that it is. And uh, that's what we need to do. We need to go to scripture. We can't just go off our personal preferences. We can't go off one of our own pragmatic ideas. Now, it should prick our conscience when scripture aligns. And so, obviously, your conscience is always going to come into this. Um, but even if your conscience does not convict you, as uh, Paul says, even if I'm not convicted, you know, God's greater than my heart. If my heart doesn't convict me, God's greater than my heart. His word is true, even if we are not personally convicted of something being sin we have to let the word dictate 
what is right, what is wrong, what is sin, and what is sinless. So we need to get to that to definitely show that, and we will go to that and start discussing that. But I just want to kind of lay that groundwork that my friend was not trying to distance it, not trying to say that distance, quantity, any of that mattered. None of the things I've heard other people argue, just dealing with, can we line this out and say it's sin and it's not just sin according to your conscience, it's sin according to God's word without any doubt, and your conscience should be moved to this. Now, maybe made me think of this video. I'm going to play this for you. This might seem funny. I've never watched this movie, and if you've watched this movie, you know. But if uh, you haven't watched this movie, I'm going to spoil it for you. It's been spoiled for me, even though I haven't watched the movie. But uh, just, just check this clip out. This is from a very old movie with Charlton Heston, and it's called Soylent Green. And I want you to see and hear uh, Charlton Heston in this line. I'll explain it to you when it's done if you don't know. ...is actually the first instance of a mm. video game. Great. So it's playing. I love it when they do this. When I go to I actually pull up the screen, actually show the actual video I want, and somehow... It actually goes back and puts me into something else. So, sorry for that, folks. It has done that to me a couple times here. Apparently, I am not as YouTube savvy as I would like to be. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to remove this. I've had to do this before. And we're just going to add the source back in here. Web page. Sorry again for the mess up. We'll just put it in here, and we will play it here. What in the world? Did they just pull up a deer? Is this me? Is that what I'm seeing? That's not what we want. How am I on Facebook? That's not what I want. Wow, I've got a video of myself in here. Isn't that interesting? Let's remove that. That is not what we were looking for. We were looking for this here. Let us pull that down here again. Let's pull this up. Huh, isn't that funny? That shows up. Let's do this one more time. And pull that up. This is a movie out of the 70s, folks. This is uh, old school. I have no idea if this in any way was thinking about abortion when it was made. But let's look at uh, old Chuck Heston here in this scene from Soylent Green. This is at the end. It's people. Soylent Green is made out of people. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them Soylent Green is people! Oh, man. Soylent Green is people. What was old Chuck Heston talking about there? Soylent Green was this uh, food people were eating in this movie, and it's kind of, I don't know if it's post-apocalyptic or whatever, but, but people are surviving on this nutritious supplement, uh, the nutritious food, Soylent Green. And uh, you hear him at the end, it's made of people. People say, you gotta tell them it's people. Silent Green is people. 
they're grinding up people and making it into a nutritious food for everybody to eat. So people were cannibals. They're being cannibals. And obviously, Hollywood and Chuck Heston there knew that's evil. That's wicked. And yet somehow we think it's not wicked to slaughter little babies, grind up and process different parts of their body so that we can extract cell lines and produce cell lines to replicate and bring about vaccines and other medicines to benefit other people, us specifically. That is evil. That is wicked. And I don't think anybody, my friend Shirley wasn't uh, arguing that that wasn't evil. The question is, is it evil for you to then take that vaccine if you are told that that vaccine is the um, only way you are going to be able to um, do commerce, put food on your table, things like that? I believe clearly it is, and I don't need a lot of research to show that, but can I really tell another Christian that it's sin to partake of that? Because you are taking part of somebody who was murdered. You're literally profiting off of them. I have no doubt of this. When we're talking about profit, I'm not talking about you're making money off it. When I say you're profiting from, you're benefiting from, you are receiving something of benefit from that murdered baby. Okay, You are receiving the willful benefit of that murdered baby. What do I mean by that? And whenever um, a vaccine that is made off of those murdered babies comes into being, which the COVID-19 vaccines are, two people, two people definitely benefit from that, no matter what, two people and or groups. The first, of course, is the um, organization, business, company, and or individual who produces and then uh, puts that vaccine out there. Obviously, all their, you know, professors and all their different, uh, you know, biochemists and all that that produce this thing for that company and that company itself are making money off of that vaccine, whether it be through you paying for it directly through your insurance or through the government paying for it with grants, they are benefiting. And two, you, the one who takes the vaccine, whoever it is that takes it, is benefiting. And you may say, well, I'm not benefiting. I'm not making any money. I don't make any. You're benefiting in the way that anybody benefits in being able to to do business, in being able to do your job, and being able to put food on your table, and being able to function in normal society that you would not be able to do without taking the vaccine. Now, there are only three categories by which you would have that vaccine taken. There's only three ways in which you would take that vaccine. The first way, of course, is willingly, voluntarily, with gusto. I mean, you, you want it. You are lining up. In fact, there are people that are lining up and want it today. There are people that are volunteering to take it, doing st- tests on it. That's that's group one. Now, no Christian, I sure hope, is in that group. But sadly, I think there'll be some very ignorant ones, maybe. And I'm hoping to uh, decry that ignorance. I'm hoping eyes will be opened. But um, there may be some. But truly, no Christian should be in that group. But then there's a second group where my friend was saying, can he say to these people that it's sin? It is the people that say, I think abortion's murder. It's wicked. Obviously, the creation of vaccines through that process is wicked and horrible, and I don't like it. However, I didn't ask for it to be done that way. I did not want it to be done that way. And uh, therefore, if you're making it mandatory, though, so that 
I have to have that vaccine so that I can do my job, I can put food on my table and for my family, keep a roof over our head, well then I will begrudgingly take that vaccine because um, that's what I need for the good of my family. And I'm willing even to take the risks of the, the, you know, whatever you call it, the side effects and the stuff that may mess me up, may even kill me later if I, as long as I can do what it is best in the, in the here and now for my family. I'm willing to do it. Even though I don't like it. And those are the people that are taking it because it's mandatory. There's the people that would take it whether it's completely voluntary, mandatory, they're lining up, they want it. Then there's the Christian, and even the non-Christian, the people that are saying, I don't want it. I don't like it. I have said I will refuse it, but now when it's come down to it, even even those people, some of them, eh, push comes to shove, I'm going to take it because I think the ends justify the means. And then there's the third group, and the third way that you'd get the vaccine, really more than the third group, is the way that the only people that are going to get, that's why it's a third group as well as a third way, is the people that the only way you're putting that vaccine in them is if it's done against their will. And that's me. That's my category. It's like the only way you're getting that vaccine in me is mandatory isn't enough. It has to go from, you have to go from stage one vaccine, which would be voluntary. You want this? It's like the flu shot you see down at Rite Aid or Payless or wherever you're going. And, oh, look, flu shots available. Oh, look, COVID shots available. Okay, that's voluntary. Then there's mandatory. Mandatory is a law has been passed, a edict has been given, an executive order has been issued by a governor and or the president, and they say it is mandatory for you to keep your job, for you to um, participate in shopping, participate in commerce in the country, to have this vaccine. It's mandatory. If you do not, you will not be able to participate in commerce. You will not be able to keep your job. You will not be able to do anything that keeps you outside of your home and activities that keep you within social distancing of people. In other words, you will be relegated as an outcast, but it's not forced. Step three is forced. And that's the way meaning we are going to come out. We're going to round you up, put you in lines, strap you down, grab you from your house, whatever we need to do, and you will be forced vaccinated. And for some, it may be subtle, may even be trickery, it may even be go to your doctor for a checkup and you get shot with it and you're not even told or you're at your employer and they say we've got a booster, we've got these different things we're offering for you to take and yes, we're giving out the flu shot, we're giving out whatever it is and uh, you say, okay, I'll, I'll take it, but they don't tell you that the COVID-19 vaccines didn't you get that as well or they hit you with a shot you're not told about and you weren't aware of. You were deceived even. You were told, no, there's no COVID-19 vaccine, and they put it in you, and they say, actually, there was. We were mandated to do it, forced, and so that's how we got you. So that's, the, that's my group. That's where I'd have to be. And I say that the first two are obviously sinful. It's very clear that if you take that vaccine willfully, wantingly, and or it is mandatory and you're not willing to suffer loss for it and you're willing to profit. And again, you do profit and nobody argues that you're getting some profit out of taking that mandatory vaccine um, off the slaughter of those babies. Um, the only righteous stance is to refuse it completely. And if the only reason you would have it righteously would be as if it was forced on you and you didn't know and or they literally grabbed hold of you and physically forced it in you, which I don't discount that that's a possibility especially in many other countries. I don't think that's coming to the U.S. 
Uh, maybe the deceptive route, maybe the trying to get it into you through diet. I have no doubt about that. They try to get it into doctors and try to get it into people to try to get you to take it without being as openly disclosing as they should, trying to sneak it in. I don't doubt that. Um, and I surely don't doubt them making it mandatory, saying, you don't take this, you miss out, you lose out. That's I'm fearful that that could happen. That could shake up this world huge coming up pretty soon. But... um Again, my argument is that it therefore is sin to do anything other than to be in the third category or to be the third group. So, again, it doesn't matter what I say. What does Scripture say? What does it say as we go to the Word of God? What does it say about this type of behavior? So let's go to a main passage I'm going to look at for dealing with this. Second Corinthians six fourteen through 18 you might think of this as usually a, a passage, at least for the beginning, many think of this as a passage dealing with um, primarily uh, marriage, like people being unequally yoked in a marriage. But really this is dealing with anything where you are unequally yoked willfully with someone for profit, for benefit. Let's get into this. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Christians with non-Christians, Christians with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? That's the key. That is the key. It's about being partnered with them for righteousness and lawlessness to be mixed. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going down the road and you see a car wreck and you jump out of the car and somebody else jumps out of the car to help pull people out of a burning car. You don't check their credentials and say, you're not a Christian, right? Because I'm not going to partner with you to pull these people out of this burning car. I'm not going to help you rescue drowning people in a river, you know, unless I know you're a Christian. That's ridiculous. That's not what it's talking about. Are you partnering with them where you could bring about in a business situation and or uh, religious uh, cohabitating, which would be obviously a marriage thing, is a big thing, being, being with someone who's a non-believer and therefore that corrupts worship and hinders your ability to worship God freely and in truth. Um, but are, are you are you purposely moving into a relationship knowing that it could bring about lawlessness? That's one way you could do it. Or you're going into it knowing, without a shadow of doubt, for the purpose of committing lawlessness. Obviously, that's a no-no. That's the key with this passage is for should righteousness and lawlessness dwell together? Of course not, because righteousness becomes lawlessness once you step into lawlessness. So we can't have part with that. Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Lawlessness, sin, light, righteousness, God's way. Do we want to be part of that? Of course not. They have no part. What part has Christ with Belial or with the devil, with Satan? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? Again, getting back to that. Don't be unequally yoked together with them. We have to avoid that. Why? Because we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, and this is going back to the Old Testament, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. Okay. Why? And again, doesn't mean you're going out of the world. Paul elaborates on that later about how it doesn't mean for you to go out of the world because that's what it would mean if you meant to have no fellowship with believers, unbelievers. You have to go out of the world. No, but you're to be separate from them in your dealings and things of righteousness versus their lawless deeds. You need to be separated from that, and you don't put yourself in a place where you could be dragged into that lawlessness, and surely not in a way that you openly take part in the lawlessness. What does it say? And they should be therefore go out from their midst and be separate them. Why? Says the Lord. And touch no unclean thing. 
Friends, what could be more unclean, especially in this day and age, but really throughout history, child sacrifice, whether it was in the Old Testament, the people offering up their children to Molech, to sacrifice as his hands were heated up on the altar till they were a, a bra the red blazing bronze idol was hot, so hot the hands were red as they laid their newborn baby on that to kill it, to consume it in flame, to murder that child on the altar of Moloch. What kind of wickedness is that? All the way back then to today where we sacrifice our children, we sacrifice them to Moloch, we sacrifice them to self as it be women who want to have whatever excuse they have for murdering their babies and they think that's okay whether it be encouraged by evil wicked boyfriends or family and friends and parents and grandparents or whatever they're all part of murdering that child for gain their personal gain they sacrifice the life of that child for gain how much more an unclean thing is that for us to take part in profiting as they profit from the murder of that child by taking a vaccine medicine created from those slaughtered children how can we do that how can we do that as Christians do not touch the unclean them thing do not touch it my friends and why remember that's wickedness so is some more scripture I, I would hope that's enough I hope that would be clear enough that this is an unclean thing that we should have nothing to do with it. It's sin to touch that. Would you agree that it's touch, touching the unclean thing is sin? And, and obviously we don't just mean dirty, like it's unclean, it's been murdered, bloody. No, no, obviously it's murder. You're taking part in profiting from the murder of that baby. I don't know how it could be more clear. But let's go. Let's open up some more scripture here. Jesus, you saw there in Second Corinthians, you saw how, what part have we light with darkness remember what Jesus said and this is the judgment that light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed why do you think those undercover Planned Parenthood videos were exposés why do you think they were done undercover because they don't want to come out and talk about selling baby body parts. You don't see build billboard advertisements for the companies. And yes, there are companies out there. You can go on the internet and search them out and pay for I think you probably have to be part of some kind of research firm. But you can buy certain body parts of murdered babies for your research. You can do that. You can buy that. That's what we traffic in. That's how wicked a nation we have become. It's out there you can find, folks. This isn't anything It isn't anything that's super hard to find, but is it hidden? Yeah, it's not advertised. They don't bring it into the light. They don't boast it. There's not commercials on TV for it. They didn't want, Planned Parenthood didn't want to be exposed in those videos, and the whole country was revulsed. Even a lot of pro-choicers, pro-abort murderers even got repulsed by it to some degree. They didn't, all of them know the depth of the privacy. Some rejoice in it and know and don't care, but many were sickened from all sides about that kind of wickedness because it was exposed to the light. They don't want it exposed to the light because it's deeds of darkness, it's wickedness, it's evil. What part has light with darkness, friends? I hope that's clear. Murdering babies and then creating vaccines with them and then profiting off of their murder, that's wicked. That's evil. That is darkness being exposed to the light. And if you didn't know this before, now you do. 
Those babies, that COVID-19 vaccine has been created through the murder of babies. If they could have done it, you know, believe me, there were, again, on my other show, you can watch and you see there were Catholics and other people that are fighting for them to make an ethical vaccine option, you know, cultivate it through, like some vaccines are, like through, whether it be through a pig cell line or a mouse cell line or some other cell line. But human cell lines work better for humans. Kind of a given, right? And it's the fast track. So let's use what's easy. And why why do they use these old cell lines? Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They found a good cell line. It reproduces the way they like. There's no reason to go searching because you know what you'll learn. I'll throw them back to that other video. You can watch the video I've got in there with Stanley Plotkin. People say, well, it's just two babies, you know, 40 years ago. What his, now, his vaccines weren't for COVID-19, and they're new cell lines. So it's even sad. The cell lines are using our new cell lines. They weren't the ones he used for his vaccines. Like the, um, I believe that was the uh, the rubella vaccine. I believe is the one he came up with, measles, measles, mumps, rubella, and the one that's rubella is the one that's uh, cultivated with the human diploid cells, the babies. Um, you listen to the little three-minute video I have on there. talks about the babies they used, how many they went through to get to that cell line. In that study alone, 76, 76 murdered babies. And he says there was more, maybe not much more than that, that he also used in um, their other research. You can just watch the video. It's him testifying to it himself wicked wicked how many were used to get to the cell lines that were using for COVID-19 how many were used to get to those is that not enough how many are being used cultivated going through all the time 3,000 babies murdered a day friends there's whole companies in business transporting their remains to labs and places they work on people throwing a fit in research institutions and colleges and universities and companies because President Trump reinstituted in 2018 the ban on um, new fetal tissue research. They used the old stuff and instituted a, I won't even say a ban, it wasn't a ban, it's a restriction. There's a, a board, a panel um, put together now that has to review these things. So they can still get it if you pass, get up through the right hoops, apparently. Be that as it may, people are upset about that because they can't get their murdered babies paid for by the government. They have to buy it out of their own money now. They can't get federal funding for murdered baby parts. That's the wicked nation we're in, and we think it's a good thing that President Trump would say, yeah, you can't do that with government money anymore. Instead of saying, abolish this wickedness, stop murdering babies. We tolerate this. It's sickening, and I had my partner for a long time. No more. No more. This wickedness, this darkness that's been hidden, and people don't want people talking about it. They don't want it exposed. It's been exposed. It's exposed to the light you know now, if you didn't know before, and research it up if you doubt. But that's why. This is where Paul, Paul's just exemplifying. He's just, he's just expanding on what Jesus said here. Look at what Paul. Jesus says they don't like their wicked deeds. They don't like the, those who do wicked deeds. They don't want it brought to the light. They want to remain in the darkness so their deeds aren't exposed. So what does Paul tell us what we're to do? As Christians in Ephesians 5, 11 and 12, he says, Take no part. In the unfruitful works of darkness. That's key. That is a key phrase to understand. Take no part. Remember that. Not a little part, not an unwilling part, not a, I wish there was another way to take part or not take part and do something else. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. We all agree as Christians it's an unfruitful work of darkness. This is outright sin to murder babies for profit. And that is what is happening. Women are murdering them for the profit of their lives, the profit of their jobs, the profit of their being to go to college, whatever profit they say, it's selfishly driven for their profit. 
And then those babies, many times with their consent specifically to say, yes, go ahead and use them for fetal research. Go ahead and use them for the glory of science. So they profit off that as well by saying, okay, go ahead and do it. And they get a probably a boost of, well, it makes me have some moral assuage in their conscience. Well, yes, poor baby, you had to die, murder, but maybe your, your death can help lead to other people being benefited and saved. And believe me, they talk that way. Believe me, those, those statements are made, no doubt. Just get on social media and check it out. Check out research. It's there. So they are profiting. And then the research firms and those companies, they're taking those babies, they're profiting on them to make those vaccines, to make millions. And my friend, you, as you take that vaccine, as you have it stuck in your arm, no matter how long ago it was, no matter how far removed it was, it is a murdered baby that has been profited on by the mother who murdered him and the rest of the family and friends who encouraged it and helped and who may have been touched by that baby being alive in what they would call a negative way in their wicked sinfulness. And the company, the pharmaceutical firm that takes that baby and then uses it in several countless, who knows how many thousands over the years in research to cultivate, to find certain cell lines and find certain uh, parts of the baby to help benefit science benefit their research in some way, shape, or form, they're profiting. And you who takes it, whether it be voluntarily and you joyfully take it or whether it's mandatory and you take it because, hey, I gotta keep my job. I gotta I gotta have food. I gotta have money. I gotta have I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta have. I gotta I gotta I gotta have. I gotta I gotta I gotta have. That's it, folks. You gotta have. You gotta have and therefore you say it's worth it. You're taking part in an unfruitful work of darkness. You're willfully benefiting off the unfruitful work of darkness, the murder of that preborn child. You have joined in the group of people benefiting from that child's murder, knowing directly what they were murdered for, knowing directly what that, well, not what they were murdered for. The mother may have wanted them for scientific research, may have signed a form for that, but, but so I'm not saying that they were directly murdered for that, but you know that murder baby was moved was used directly for what you're taking that vaccine that that cell line comes from a murdered baby that was specifically cultivated to bring about medical research to bring about the vaccine those scientists those biologists those chemists they went and sought out those babies they tore babies apart they did work through different parts of their bodies to bring about research to cultivate things like vaccines and other medicinal value. They did it willfully, and you know they put it together willfully to do that, and you are saying, and I want that. This is a, not to get into like a soteriological discussion, but friends, you need to know this, because this, this is a truism no matter what we're talking about. You always do what you want to do. It's a it's a matter of unless forced, like I said, that would be the third category. If people who are forced, meaning they're held down and literally shot in the arm or deceived into not knowing they took the vaccine and they did, that would be forced vaccination. That would not be of their will. That would leave no guilt to them. But for category one and two, the people that say, oh, well, I, I really want it because I've they don't care how it was made, and I just care that it helps me, therefore I want it for my job, for my health, for all that. 
to the person who says, you know, they would say, I don't want it, but I want to have my job. I want to put food on the table. I want to have money. I don't want to figure out the hard way to live without it. I don't want to go the extra mile. I want to suffer and be able to do what might be a heck of a lot harder to figure out how to do it in a world where I am outcast by society. I don't want to do that. So because I don't want to do that, I do want it, even though I'm morally repulsed by how it was cultivated, what I know was done to bring it about. I'm still willing I'm still willing to be the repulse and be it so that I can profit. So I want it. And that's the key, friends. Unless you are forced, everything in this life you do because you want to do. R.C. Sproul talks about it greatly in talking about the free will argument, the idea that we all have a free will in and that we all do exactly what we want. In fact, we always do what we want. Always. And he uses analogies like um, people say, well, that's not true, Dr. Sproul. I didn't want to take this class. But if I didn't take this class, I wouldn't graduate college. He says, aha, so you did want to take this class. No, I told you I don't want to take this class. No, you did want to take this class because you want to graduate college. And if you don't take this class, you can't graduate college. So you did want to take this class. And the kid's like, ah. Or you say, oh, I don't like go shopping. I hate shopping. I don't ever want to go shopping. But if I don't go shopping, my wife gets mad at me, and I better go with my wife make her happy. And he goes, so you do want to go shopping. No, I don't ever. I told you I don't ever want to go shopping. You do want to go shopping because you do... Because if you didn't want, if you really, your number one want was not to go shopping, you wouldn't go shopping. But what do you want even less? Even less, you want your wife yelling at you. You want your life, wife upset with you. You want your life nagging on you about something about not going shopping. So what do you want? You want your wife not to be upset with you. You want your wife, you want to be at peace with your wife. So you want peace with your wife. And so it is the means to obtain peace with your wife is to go shopping. The means by which you want to graduate college is the reason why you take the class you don't necessarily like, because you want something greater. You always go after the greatest want you have, and you will submit to and suffer a many great lesser wants and not wants to obtain the greatest want. It's the same with the COVID-19 vaccines, same with any of this. You will do what you want in this, unless forced physically to do otherwise. You, my friend, if you take this vaccine willfully, whether it's wantingly with the joy or whether it be phase two with the I don't really want and I'm even sickened by how it comes to be, but I want even less to not be able to have my job and not be able to care for my family in the way that I'm used to, and I'm not willing to suffer, and I really don't want to suffer what will be the consequences of not taking this vaccine. So I don't want that more than I don't want the vaccine, so I do want the vaccine. That's just an inevitable, logical truth, my friends. You do want it, because you will benefit from it in some way, shape, and form. And in that wanting, knowing everything that goes about in, in its happening, you are taking part of that unfruitful work of darkness. Instead of exposing it, instead of decrying that it's shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. It's shameful to even bring these things up to talk about them in a way that's profitable. Not not shameful to expose them, because obviously it's saying about exposing them. But it's shameful to even talk about, like you saw those people in those videos, those Planned Parenthood people drinking wine and laughing as they're talking about selling baby body parts and how they do it and how much money they can get for them and all these different things. The wickedness is exposed. That's why it made people sick to watch those videos. I only watched a few minutes of them. I didn't watch them in depth. It was sickening just watching a few minutes of them. And we Christians, we saw that. And again, even non-believers were repulsed by it. It was sickening. It's shameful to talk like that.
It's shameful to even talk about those unfruitful works of darkness, let alone buy them, let alone provide those babies, let alone do the abortions, do the murders, so that those body parts could be cultivated, could be harvested, murder them in certain ways, so that certain lungs and certain livers and kidneys and chests and, and eyeballs and heads and brains weren't crushed or were crushed so you get something else out that they needed so that you could sell it and make a profit and get it to the right researchers so that they could make money on making vaccines and other medical researchers and you could take it and benefit from it. It's shameful to talk about those things that are done in that manner as if it's a good thing. Let alone to do it, my friends. It's shameful to even talk about it, let alone to take part in it. Don't take part in unfruitful works of darkness, friends. This is an unfruitful work of darkness. This is, I say very clearly by the word of God, it is sin, yes, to take these viruses, whether you do it, heaven forbid you do it joyfully knowing this. Heaven forbid even you do it not really wanting to, but wanting greater not to suffer what it would mean not to. The only righteous way to take part in this is because you didn't take part willfully at all. It was forced upon you. That's the only way, friends. That's the only way. Scripture is very clear. This is an unfruitful work of darkness. This is an unclean thing. This is wickedness and sin according to Scripture and you to willingly take part in it is sin. That's what I say. Now, so how far does it go? Admitting obviously that everything in this world and if we get down to the degree there's not a company out there that is not um probably i won't say every company but the biggies out there they are corrupt and there's sin and there's probably nothing you can do in this life that isn't corrupted with sin somewhere down the line but there's obviously a cutoff point there's obviously things we can do and things we can um, not do that end up leaving us by um, leaving us in a position where we're not sinning by taking part in it. And let's, so let's look at some of those things to be clear. Just simple things. Now, I would say, obviously, it's sinful to take a vaccine created off the backs of dead babies, murdered babies. Not only is it stupid medically, the things that are going on to do that, and all the other things that they're doing, and the other wicked, just crazy heavy metals and all kinds of other garbage they put in these vaccines and things that I don't know why anybody would want them. Um, all kinds of other logical things to make over vaccines. The more I've studied them, the less I'd ever want them, period. But when you definitely got the murdered babies being part of their production, it's a no-brainer. It shouldn't have anything to do with it. But let's say you come to that conclusion. You go, okay, I'm, I'm with you there. Well, how far out back do I take it? Let's just say, and I'm not sure, but there's some big name companies behind this. So don't don't uh, jump on me. I'm just going to throw a name out there because I think they might be tied to this, but I'm not sure, okay? So, so I'm not going to say they're definitively. I'm just going to use it as an example. Let's just say the company, Johnson & Johnson, who makes your uh, baby, your tear-free baby shampoo, is the parent company that happens to own a subsidiary company that makes the vaccine that's going to come out for COVID-19 that's made off of murder babies. And you learn that that company that is a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson makes that. Is it therefore sin for you to buy Johnson & Johnson No Tears Baby Shampoo or Johnson & Johnson Ear Q-Tips or Baby Powder or something like that? Does that 
connection by owning a subsidiary company that's creating vaccine, does that make it directly sin for you to take part in using their product? At that point, I would say that that becomes the matter of conscience. Do you personally want to have anything to do at all with a company that just happens to be a multinational conglomerate who, through whatever ways, owns a company that decides to um, go off on its own, its own CEOs, its own board of directors and everything, and make its own uh, decisions to go down that road, and they just happen to own them? Are you going to say that that is your willingly, is that prick your conscience enough to say, I, uh, I will therefore not buy anything from Johnson & Johnson anymore. I'm getting rid of the Johnson Johnson baby uh, shampoo. I'm throwing away the cotton balls. I'm throwing away the talcum powder, and I'm just I'm no more Johnson & Johnson because they're connected to that. You're, you're removed. That's removed out of it. So I would say that's a conscience issue. You're free in your conscience to um, use that stuff or not use that stuff, I believe. That's, that's, that's where I would come on that. But let's, let's walk it out even a step more. Let's take it another step out. Let's say now it's not... Um, Johnson and Johnson, it's like, okay, you, not only you've got a problem with it because Johnson Johnson's attached to that, but you decide that any store that carries Johnson and Johnson, because Johnson and Johnson owns a subsidiary company whose leaders have decided to make the COVID-19 vaccine, I'm not going to shop at that store because they're making money off Johnson Johnson baby shampoo and all Johnson Johnson products. So I'm not shopping at Walmart, Target, Costco. I'm not shopping at any place that carries Johnson and Johnson products because they're making a profit off of Johnson & Johnson and Johnson & Johnson is making a profit off their subsidiary company that is making COVID-19 vaccines. So do you take it that far or do you go even a step further? Do you go, huh, I happen to know that Johnson & Johnson products come into certain stores via UPS because they don't have their own fleet and therefore it comes in through UPS and therefore, I am not going to use UPS because UPS profits off of Johnson & Johnson. And Johnson & Johnson has a subsidiary company that profits off of the COVID-19 vaccine because they own that company. So it's, you've gone from the COVID-19 producing company to Johnson & Johnson, the parent company who owns them, to Walmart and other stores that carry it you won't shop at anymore, to now you won't even, you won't even use the company that that ships to um, those other stores because down the line they've they're affected there's some profit some value that they gain from that these are all conscience issues but you can see I think you can see even now it's already kind of getting almost absurd but there are people and I and I don't begrudge them that they're conscious they do not want. They'll go that far out and further. And there are people, therefore, who have moved out off the grid and they've pretty much abandoned society so that they can, as much as they possibly can, not touch anything that's touched, anything that's touched, anything that's touched the unclean thing. And many times it's not just because of one thing. It's because many of those companies have got all kinds of horrible, wicked things in them. And we draw our lines in different places. So that's like I said, we could go all over the place and get really in-depth of this. But I think it's pretty clear. Go to the uh, the vaccine, the uh, COVID-19 vaccine that you know is directly created off the murder of pre-born children. You're putting those pre-born image bearers parts. Yes, very small, very fractured, um, they would say, but definitely fractured DNA fragments. Very minuscule. 
But again, it's not quality. It's not quantity. It's not years from. It is quality. It is the substance. You are putting murdered baby parts in yourself through that vaccine to keep your job, be able to do your work, do whatever it is. You are taking those baby body parts. You are taking those that vaccine. Even if the parts were not there, even if they approved, there was absolutely none there. You're taking a vaccine that was directly derived from the murder of a baby willfully to do it. And that is downright Mengele-esque, Nazi-esque study, research, and profit. And you join into the profit directly from that because it directly affects how you can do your everyday life. So that I believe is very clear. I believe you are touching an unfruitful work of darkness willfully to do that. And I say it's sin. If you say it's not, then I encourage you to show it through scripture. Take the stuff that I've said and saying that, uh, my degree of separation is far enough to keep people safe from that. Um, willfully knowing these things and taking part. I say it doesn't. I say you are definitely in the line of sinfulness in it. You may take it uh, further than that. You may think that, again, like the scenario I said, that even um, buying products from a company that uh, even maybe it's not even the maybe it's the subsidiary company that also makes things other than the COVID-19. Maybe it's their their um, they make medicine that you also take. Also, I would say that's a conscience issue because, again, things are so big, so separated out so distanced from one another that definitely you can work for even a company that you wouldn't have part in doing that. You say, I'm going to do that, but I'll work over here and make aspirin, you know, whatever it is. Like, I'm going to do that. Uh, I won't have any part with that. And you may be, and I I think someone could be clear in their conscience, even doing that. I think it would be hard. I don't think, I don't think I could work for them, but let me show you as an example as I could. Um, I think it's wicked that a UPS person delivers, um, UPS and FedEx. I see them happen all the time when I were outside preaching and pleading with people not to go into Planned Parenthood. I preach and plead with the people at U- that you work for UPS and FedEx that show up there. I plead with them, don't go in there, man. Don't service these people. Don't do anything to help their business. I think that's sin because they directly choose to do that. And I would not, as a UPS worker, um, deliver there. I would tell my boss, I am not delivering here. I'm not picking up from here. I am not doing anything to do with Planned Parenthood because they're murderous. It's a wicked company. I want anything to do with them. But it doesn't mean I quit the job at UPS just because someone else did. I just wouldn't have anything to do with that part. So, you know, I, that's that's me. But some people say, I've never worked for UPS because they they deliver there. But I'll still get my packages shipped from UPS, even though they ship and deliver for Planned Parenthood. And some will go, no, I wouldn't use them because they do. So I'll have to find somebody who doesn't. See what I mean? It steps out. It steps out. But I think it's pretty clear. We know COVID-19 vaccines and many other vaccines. You need to study them up. You need to check them out and see which ones are you've already given to your kids. And uh, I don't think you should be giving any of them to your kids because they're all dangerous. I don't think there's much good to many, any of them. And the more I study them, the worse they seem to be. But I'm saying definitely shouldn't be putting any vaccine, any medicine in your body that has been directly derived through the murder of pre-born image bearers of God. And I think, I don't think I should have to explain that too much or make a big biblical argument, but tonight I did. And I hope that's been help and uh, pray that it blesses you. Thank you all who turned in, tuned in to watch. Brother Kyle, sorry I m- missed you tonight too, see your little comment on there. And uh, sorry I missed you at the Bible study tonight. Maybe we'll see you in two weeks from now. Anyway. Thank you all for watching. Again, you can pick up the um, podcast for core issues 
through Anchor FM, and you can get it on many of your favorite podcasting platforms. So I'm going to throw that up here before I go to the exit scene and say God bless you all. Have a great night. Check it out here. Get it on your favorite podcasting site if you'd like, or go and watch it on the Facebook page, Core Issues Podcast Facebook page. So anyway, God bless you all. Have a great night.